I'm Jimmy Lewis, and this is Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, the dirt bike podcast where we talk about motorcycle and motorcycle-related products. In 37 episodes of Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, I don't know if we're getting better or worse. Anyways, I'm joined by Logan and George. We talk about budgeting without compromising. Those other bald guys on the internets. We talk about electric motorcycles. And George comments on some of the things he saw at the SEMA show this year. So you're going to have to learn something from this show. You just, you have to. This show is brought to you by DDC Racing. That's Delaney Drive Components. They're makers of very strong, durable, chromoly, chrome-plated sprockets. If you've seen these things, they look like Swiss cheese. They're super light for a steel sprocket. They last forever. They come with a one-year warranty, and they are built by riders who really care about keeping riding areas open. So if you're interested in some good drive systems parts, check out ddcracing.net. That's Delaney Drive Components. Along with, Climb has been with this show since the beginning, and I really appreciate that. What I like even better is that the gear is super awesome. I've been wearing it since the beginning. Uh, It's evolved a bunch. It's very durable, um, really good fitting. They have features on their gear that are pretty much uh, industry leading. And I appreciate that because that's what I wear when I get to do fun stuff and I'm comfortable and I like almost everything that they make. So if you are looking for a change of gear or you're looking for the best gear, I think uh, you won't be disappointed by trying Climb. So give them a look. And Taco Moto. So you've heard us talk about Taco Mike on the show. He's been a guest host a few times. Taco Moto Co., that's how you find him on the web, sells a lot of the kind of cool and unique tuning products that you need to get your emissions compliant bike running up to snuff. So if you have questions, he has answers, and he can also sell you the stuff. So if we can't answer the question here, which we hope we can. Maybe he can answer the question over there, and he can also sell you the parts that you might need to get your especially KTM or Husky dual sport bike uh, running like a champ. Anyways, it's tacomoto.co. Now, here's the show. Live from Pahrump, this is Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, where we talk about uh, dirt bikes and dirt bike-related products once a week. Um I'm sitting here tonight with uh, my two favorite co-hosts, uh, Logan and George, spelled Jorge. <laughs> he's uh, he's he's only up to six followers on um, Instagram. Might be eight this week. Eight. You got boosted. <clears throat> um, so so he uh, you know he's really uh, big on sharing the show. This is where we answer your um, the questions, the burning questions that you have about your uh, dirt bike or maybe something that you read on the internet and you think is um, uh, false. Kind of like see how you're listening to this on the internet or you're watching this on the internet, so it could all be false as well. But I do have a certain amount of experience uh, testing motorcycles and kind of giving no BS answers on stuff because um, – I would like those kind of answers myself, <laughs> so that's why I uh, I deliver them. Uh, my name is Jimmy Lewis. Uh, I'm the team principal at Dirt Bike Test. Uh, we have a website, www.dirtbiketest.com, and uh, you can go there for about 80% of your answers. 
And then if you have more specific questions, be sure to ask them here. We have a call-in number. Logan, what's the call number? 775-451-3328. Yeah, that's 775-451-3328, which is 3DBT. It's, uh, that's our call-in number. If you want to call in and ask a question live, we will go right to you. Um, Sam Felipe Bob says, Ziggy Zaggy. I'm not really sure why. I don't think I did anything wrong. And um, Karina Justice just joined. Did I say that? Very good. Very yeah. She'll appreciate that. It's better than Katrina. I don't see the T, but you, know, you said I need glasses. And so I, I, I ate my carrots this week, and I'm, I'm all good. So we're going to dive right into the questions. Um, five day, days ago, Adam asked that question. Adam Diment. Diment. Love this channel. Just started watching Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. Going to get caught up. What is the best way to send you guys a question? The best way right now is to call in. It comes right to us, and then we answer it immediately, and we don't even get to practice it. Because, you know, we do a lot of rehearsal for this show. There's a lot of prep that goes on. Um, You defend your honor live that way, too, if you're insulted. Right, yeah, and George is gonna actually. Uh, you, 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 we're gonna have Logan keep the track of the people that we insult, and uh, he's got a. There's a pen right there. Can't be in my reach. Yeah. Okay. So you're in charge of that. That and uh, the funny thing is, what happened right here? Uh, same dude says. Adam Demont actually got a question in, so obviously I must have answered his question uh, some other way, and he sent one in. Love the love the channel, especially since. You aren't a moro. Yeah, well, he—that's he, a mistype. He, I think he want, meant to say uh, moron. <laughs> yeah, moron. No, actually, moto only guy. <laughs> or, or off road or dual sport, sport only guy. Do you ever review older used bikes? I'm guessing most guys like are like me, broke, have only one bike and can barely afford to keep it running. My question is this. If you were on a budget and could only have one bike used for off-road trails, dual sport, and casual moto, what would it be? I would say it's fair to include bikes that aren't factory-plated since any states with plate off-road bikes. Adam, this is a really good question, and we're going to go around the horn. Logan, you're first. Uh... My Super Mini. Your Super Mini, which is a? YZ103. YZ103. That's the best bike for Adam, you think? Oh, for Adam? (laughs) I know it's the best bike for you right now. I don't know his skill level. Yeah, that's a good question. That's a a really good... See, you're getting getting sharp at this stuff. So... um, so, yeah, we do review um, older and used bikes, generally on this show when someone asks us about something like that. But, no, we don't at dirt bike tests because uh, manufacturers want to sell new stuff. And so that's kind of what we have. Every once in a while, we'll do, like, a project bike with an older bike that we, you know, we'll fix something up. And we're always talking about bikes that we have, you know, things that we do to our bikes, how to keep them running and stuff like that. So there's, there's a lot of information like that. But... Uh, if I was on a budget, which I am because, as my wife pointed out in the chat room, um, she's supporting me in the lifestyle I've become accustomed to, and I just buy her new bikes, and I get to ride the old crap, um, and I can only have one bike used 
for off-road trails, dual sport, and a casual moto, what would it be? Hmm. That, that is, it's, it's, once you throw moto into the equation, it s- switches everything. Like I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm gifted because I do have a lot of motorcycles. I don't have one bike for just that thing. What I would do, and actually I did this when I was at Dirt Rider Magazine, um, we did a story about, um, uh, it was like the 500 or a thousand or $1,500 bike. I don't remember the, the, the exact price we put on it. And everybody else went and got one bike. Well, I went and got two bikes. I got an XR400 and a YZ125 for the same budget as the whatever the, yeah, maybe it was $3,000 bike. I think it was that. It was the $3,000 bike. And I picked up a couple $1,500 bikes that were in great shape, XR400 and a YZ125. So I got my moto bike, which I still, no, I think I upgraded since then. I've. I've, I have a new a newer YZ125 from that one, and then and then um, an XR400 was easy for me because the, those are um, they were easy to find at the time and um, decent bikes. So that's how I answered that question. And I was on a budget and I was cheap. So for three thousand dollars, I got two bikes. And the funny thing is, I think I actually bought a set of gear within the budget through. Um, I think it was through Chaparral. They have their house brand Oslot or something like that. And I was able to get a full set of gear in under the $3,000. So if you're frugal, you can find ways to participate in this sport. And, and when you, when you spread the, the, the calipers that wide, try to fit all that stuff in there, I, it's hard to do moto and dual sport. You know, I mean, you can ride them, you, you can ride a moto bike around, but it's not very comfortable. You can take your dual sport bike on the, on the uh, track and it's not that comfortable and maybe not that safe. So, um, that's that's my answer. Uh, George, what do you do? Well, like you said, the moto thing comes into play. I was going to say like a, a KLR650 because those <laughs> things will be around after the EPM wipes the world out or whatever. They'll still run, and, and those and roaches will exist after the big nuclear blast. So I don't know, KLR650, but you can't moto with that. No. You, know, what you did could you, play what around did you, with a DRZ400 or okay, something. Okay, so you, you police Olympics. Olympic. <clears throat> you did the police Olympics not too long ago. What did you ride as your motorbike? The KTM 300? The 300. Yeah. So you should have come in and said, "Well, I'm re- I'm retired, you're paying my salary, Jimmy, and I can I have plenty of money so I don't need to answer this question." Okay. <laughs> I gold medaled, you know. Yeah, I know. I on, on an enduro bike at the police Olympics. So Nobody else in the class, but Oh, well, I didn't yeah. get that. That's yeah. new information. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. Uh, okay. So, Adam, hopefully uh, we answered that um, that question. And the funny thing is there's there's lots of different ways to tackle that thing. And 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 I always tell people if, if what you really enjoy doing is like motorcycles, you'll figure out a way to find the money to buy better stuff. I mean – uh, if in and you know go to, go to a demo day that you know one of these manufacturers have and ride something new, and you're going to figure out how to, how to save how to save enough money to get what you want. I think if that's what you really like doing. So um, great question, Adam. Um, and in that our answers, I think were kind of skill level. Um, uh, they didn't really matter. So what's the uh, what's the next question? Start right there. Uh, dear manager, I just browsed your website and found. It. Many of the items shown on the, your website that we can manufacture. Our company is in China producing industrial bearings, automotive 
bearings, ball joints, needle roller bearings, auto wheel bearings, spherical? Yeah, spherical bearings, plain bearings, rod ends, etc. And 90% of our products are sold in the United States and Europe. Please discuss with me if you're interested. Um, so, uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Kevin Yusing Bearing, <laughs> um, I, I I want you to build me a really cheap, super high-performance motorcycle, um, you know, because there's a lot of bearings in there. And you said, um, found many of the items shown on your website that we can manufacture. Uh, I'm sure there's plenty of stuff that you can knock off and uh, copy, but yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I don't think I'm interested. <laughs> so, uh, Dusty Morris asks for the Africa Twin. Oh, uh, what are the best tires in your opinion? Kenda Big Blocks. Is that a good answer? Good answer. Good answer. I have to, to full disclosure, uh, Kenda does help me out with uh, my off-road schools, uh, but I would still run them, especially if I was paying out of my own pocket. And compiled with that, there's really only three tires I would put on my adventure bike, the Kenda Big Block, the Continental TKC80, which is the the kind of the the standard tire, or a Michelin Anarchy Wild 3. Uh, anything else, you are going to give up more than you will gain, especially in traction uh, on adventure bikes. So, Dusty, uh, yeah, hopefully that answers that question. Hey, Gabe, do we have any calls coming in? Nope. Nobody wants to talk to us. Why are they scared? It costs it costs us it costs us a couple bucks to keep that phone line live, and nobody's using it. <laughs> so, out of the uh, how many people we got in the room right now? Anybody? It's like this podcast, isn't it? What's that? <laughs> Keeps costs a couple bucks to keep it live, but nobody's using it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's probably true. <laughs> Well, no, I mean, some people are using it. I mean, we, they're like, okay, hold on. We're going to get to the... Um, Tell your friends, because we got to get over like 80, 80, maybe three digits today. We had 80-something, right, last time? Yeah, start sharing this immediately with Logan's all your friends. brought them down. Yeah, last time George was here, we got up to 80. We, saw, we tapped 80 at one point during the show. So, um, well, you say this show isn't any good. I'm going to go... I, want, I, want, I never said that. Oh, well, you said nobody uses it. Uh, I had a I had a note here someplace. Oh wait a minute, here's someone, Bob. You're gonna appreciate this. The word you are using, itineration, is not the word you mean. Itineration means a preaching tour or lecture tour. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. When did you use that? Oh, in one of the videos I made, I said I oh. the the word I meant to use was was iteration. Iteration. Yeah, I, I have a hard time even just pronouncing the difference between I, the. I corrected you on that, but it was on tape already. It was too late. Yeah, he'd put it on tape, but um, uh, I like preaching tours and lecturing tours, obviously. So maybe that's what I meant. <laughs> maybe that's what that <laughs> was about in that video. Uh, actually, one other guy commented in and said he only heard the sound coming in one ear, and so he said um, he said he's not going to listen anymore. But he was nice enough to leave us to comment to tell us that there was only sound in one ear. So. Uh, sorry about that. Um, let's see. So here, so Vidmoto says, uh, love these, but please see what you can do to keep these up to date on podcasting sites. I like to listen while traveling and would 
it would be most helpful. This show is too good not to be on a iTunes podcast AS, ASAP. And keep up the great good work. See? George, people love these. That's that's what Vidmoto says, right? Right there. Um, and the reason it's not up on um, on the iTunes is we're working on that. It, it comes with these things called um, uh, sponsors. Yeah. To to make it so that because um, we I want to edit them down and make them uh, better. Take some of the stuff out, fix the sound, uh, especially on the early podcast. So uh, we're working on it. Uh, <coughs> um, let's see what's 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 that guy say? Uh, Paul Van Hout uh, says appreciate the internet myth busting and straight up recommendations on suspension setup. We we are on the internet. So um, how we, we're just another myth. <laughs> That's what I was getting to earlier in the show. Um, but, you know, you get to pick and choose who you trust, and uh, I do try to uh, break that stuff down, especially all, in all the, all the modification stuff. I can kind of explain it, um, and there's reasons for it. I, I, interesting, I had a, a long discussion with um, uh, Taco Mike, who we've brought up. He has a really good... Um, what do they call that sheet? Um, remember the remember the note sheet the the document that you posted up. It's called a what's a what's the what's a sheet called that has all just like just the facts on it. Um, not a spreadsheet. Uh, not a spreadsheet, but it was a um, fact statement. White, or white paper is it? What a white paper is that? What you call it? Um, it, it was it. That's what he called it, and. Um, he uh, he was in here earlier. Maybe he can he can remind me what his sheet is called. But the 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 good sheet? not a spreadsheet. No, crib. Crib, no, I think it was called a white paper. A and white it was just paper, un- uh, unsolicited paper. Unsolicited. Yeah. So was it? Yeah. Was this unsolicited? It was just it was just the facts about about like some of the tuning you do to the KTM EXC specifically. And somebody brought it to our attention. I read it and I said, Hey, this guy knows what he's talking about. You know, you can tell he's done some testing. Um, he is in business to sell you some stuff, but he's very descriptive about how he tells you how to do it. And that's the same way I like to, I like to be, um, you know, when I, when I tell you stuff, it's like, I don't necessarily, I I don't need to say, we're we're not putting a store on the backside of the website or anything like that. Yet, right? White paper. You're White a, paper, uh, <clears throat> right. On the internet, of course. It's a government <laughs> or other authoritative report giving information or proposals on an issue. Does yeah. that sound like what yeah. you're talking about? I don't know if he's the government, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he, has, he has a pretty good, <laughs> pretty good opinion of that stuff. So, um, yeah, um, that's, that's kind of the way we want to dish out the, the info. So, um, yeah, Paul, thanks for uh, – yeah, we are trying to do some of the myth, myth busting. And that, that's what – I don't have time to go look at all this stuff, but I tell you what, I would guarantee you that about half the questions that I get, it's from someone who saw something someplace else and what I said maybe disagree, disagreed with that and then they want me to explain it like – the, the the latest one, the one I've been getting a lot is, because we've been doing a lot of stuff with the KTM TPI two-stroke, is like, well, I heard you just put an extra ounce of oil in the gas or two ounces of oil in the gas tank, and then and then everything's good, and it's not going to seize. And I'm like, uh, it's not going to seize if you put the proper oil in it and you just leave it alone. 
you know, and that comes from one of the other bald guys on the internet. Um, we've identified three of them. I'm, I'm one of them. I'm, as you can, I take my hat off, but my headphones are on. Um, there's, there's a lot of bald guys spewing out motorcycle information on the internet. And, um, uh, let's see, one of them's crazy. Um, the other one knows it all. And the other one, um, is crazier than the other two or something. So, uh, you know, take it for for what it's worth, I guess. Um, uh, I'm not too crazy, am I, Logan? No. No. Yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> you haven't seen it yet. Wait till. <laughs> yeah, give me a few minutes. Uh, so, um, but you know, kind of back back to, back to that. There's sometimes people just get these different ideas and you know where it comes from the experience and i always say it's like okay what's their motive to to do this i mean it does take a lot of effort to put a, U- a video up on youtube and i do it for my ego and those guys do it because they have a store behind their <laughs> their thing so you kind of have to in and my ego is very fragile uh i have to make sure the information is pretty decent or i'm going to get slayed and because information travels really quick, and there's a lot of people with with information that might differ from it, and I would like to talk to you about that. You know, when we start talking about it, and because I'm going to learn something from that interaction or that discussion about you know what you feel, because everybody's valid. You know, when they're testing bikes, everybody has a valid opinion. It's like, okay, how much experience does that is backing up that opinion's opinion? You know, what, what's, what's, you know, what are you comparing it to? What are you really wanting this to do? Everybody has a special unique need and I can usually break that down. That's why a lot of times we ask for more information like Logan did. He said, what's, what's that guy's skill level? Cause it does make it, it does make a difference. Um, you know, what do you really want to do with that bike? He wanted to do everything with the bike. So, um, back to, back to that. Um, okay. Uh, let's go back to, do we finish all the questions of that page? No. Oh, <laughs> right back to KTM 300. What does Robinson Enduro say? I am only concerned about this electric oil pump that can die on me while riding. Oh, no. I'm pretty sure that he saw somebody else's thing. Uh, you know, I'm I'm always concerned when I get an airplane that the jet motor is going to just explode and not only cause the plane to crash, but the shrapnel is going to come through the side of the fuselage and kill me. Well, it's too, it's too bad there's not some kind of flow chart you could see when some of this information comes up and see if it leads down to maybe the same branch or the same two branches <laughs> where maybe one failure did in fact happen. And now it's turned into this massive thing because everybody heard about it because they have all these followers and... You know, oh my God! Yeah, there's there's it, there's definitely some of that, um, and I I it's it's funny I I there's a couple of things that pop up on my Facebook feeds or different things where I see it, and and I'm like I, there there was one on it was KT it was a KTM 500 and somebody had a picture or a KTM 450 or 500 and somebody had a picture of the cam that definitely was starved for oil uh, one of the lobes and. Then he had another picture of another cam, and I think it was the same bike. She just couldn't tell from the photos. And he was going, hey, is this a problem? Do I need to worry about mine? Should I check mine? Did I take mine apart? And uh, so the first thing I did was I ran out to my garage and opened up the valve cover on my KTM 500. Um, and I'm not lying right now. Did you notice it's the valve cover's off? 
I didn't look in the garage. Oh, okay. So, so my valve cover is off my KTM 500. What I'm lying about is I didn't run out there because that it's because it has 500 hours on it, and I needed to straighten a little part of the subframe, and the bike was just starting to come apart. So I said, you know what? It's time to check the the valves because I checked them last at 390 hours, and now it's 500. And I will honestly tell you that this is the first time I'm going to have to adjust the valves. 500 hours on that bike. I have, a, I have a record written on top of the valve cover of all the different checks and stuff, and my intake valves are finally down to, you know, 0.08 millimeters. And, and you know, it's, it's to 10, I think 10 to 12. I don't know what the thing is, but it's, it's they're enough to where it's like, huh, I got to I gotta check them. So, um, but, <laughs> so, it, when, when you see that kind of stuff, when you, you, you have the, you know that somebody goes and grabs pictures from different things and says, "Oh my God, is this is this a problem?" And it may have been a problem or one or two. It's funny because somebody also commented on that thing. They said, "Hey, the 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 this year KTM factory editions had a problem with the they were, they were missing a pressure, a ball bearing in some place in there that uh, created pressure inside of the oiling system." Um, someone else commented that, "What do you say?" All of the castings are not cleaned, and they plug up the oil jets, which I find kind of hard to believe because I have way more friends that have never had an issue at all than I've even know anybody that's had one issue. You know, do I? Do we know somebody's had one issue? It's the two cam motors that were having. That was a long time ago. How long has it been since they have two cams on the big bikes? Huh? Four fifty has two cams, doesn't it? No, on a KTM. Three fifty. 350s and 250s do, yeah. yeah. But I mean, it's it's like it's not a not a big deal anyway. So that's that's where a lot of the uh, a lot of the myth busting comes in. It's really, I think people spend too much time in front of their um, their computers, and then probably the guy that actually did go run out to the garage and tear his um, bike open didn't put the valve cover gasket back on properly, and then the oil leaked out the side, and then he did have a failure, and then he blamed it on the manufacturer. I'm guessing. I don't know. Yeah. I always, hey, when something goes wrong, I always ask somebody, uh, what did you do to the bike last? <laughs> and you can usually chase it down from there. You want a question off the forum just tonight? Yeah, we're going to get there. We should do that. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Andrew Molbach. Okay. Question. For the 2016 KTM 350 EXCF, the OEM clutch friction disc used to be two millimeters thick, but were recently superseded by new OEM discs that are only 1.95. None of the other clutch components were changed. There are eight friction discs, so the new stack up will be 0.4 millimeters thinner than before. When using the new disc, should I make any other adjustments to account for the 0.40 millimeter thinner clutch pack? Question mark. For example, should the position of the spring ring be changed? Also, should the wear specification for minimum clutch pack thickness now be reduced from the previous value of 26.4 to 26? Man, this guy's reading the manual. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, uh, that's super specific. I don't uh, – 0.4 millimeters isn't that big of a deal in a clutch pack, especially with a hydraulic clutch because it self-compensates since everything. Um, uh if yeah, that's 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 not that much. I know, like when you're installing like recluse clutch components and stuff, they're very particular about the thickness on on that because they have a they have a thing their their disc that's doing the expansion. 
in the opening and closing where the stock one's going to – that 0.4 millimeters, it's going to close up. I'm not really sure why they would have gone – you know, made that small of a change. Maybe the part – maybe the manufacturer, whoever they, they turn to to do the manufacturing of the clutch pieces um, changed and it changed. Um, a lot of that kind of stuff, uh, you know, it's just it's – just, it's, there's some other reason for it. It's not like a, a big thing, but um, I think you, if the total thickness goes down 0. 0.4 on the new parts, then your total whatever your wear thickness uh, for minimum. But I've I in all of my life, <laughs> I've never had to measure my clutch to find out whether it was worn out. I knew it was worn out from the way it performed, the way it smelled, or the color of it. I've never had to go back in and if if generally those few things will happen, you know, it'll start slipping or something starts functioning warps, you know, it'll warp and it'll get, it'll get funky and then it's not working right. And there's no reason in measuring it. It's jacked up. You need to replace it. So, uh, we have a question from the field here. Is it a different part number? That's I, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure it's a different part number if it's been superseded. But if you put it all together and it hooks up fine, isn't slipping, should be fine. Right. Uh, yeah, if it's not slipping, don't worry about it. Um, if it's not grabbing, and it's funny because certain KTM clutches, the older ones especially, will squeal. You know, they make a squealing noise. And he's also talking about that adjustment on that clutch ring. So it's a diaphragm spring clutch, and there's three different. Uh, it's it's more tension on the spring to pay, depending on where you bolt it on. And there's one, two, and three. And I think in some European countries, it's like A, B, and C. They had different letters. Um, on the on the adjustment thing the manual is very good at explaining what those are for but basically on on my clutches one is a more as a softer engagement three is a more abrupt or harder engagement makes the the lever pull just a little bit a little bit tighter but um just pushes the spring and tighter against the whole pack right lowers it down correct yeah it it allows it to go in goes in closer so um but those are that's the uh that's the thing. We have any other questions on there? Uh, no. Your wife just asked what the uncertainty of the measurement was. <laughs> the uncertainty of what measurement? Uh, the, the, the clutch uns- back. Of that the po- uncertainty oh. measurement of that result. Of Happy birthday, by the way, uh, recently. Yeah, that was yesterday. It was Heather's birthday. Um, yeah, that's good because, I mean, 0.4 millimeters over the course of a whole clutch pack is um, – that's not much. <laughs> so Jesse Kelly also asked, where can I get piston rings for a 74 Honda XL350 with a big bore kit? San Felipe Bob was kind enough to suggest Wiseco. Um, any other suggestions? Wait, wait, wait what? Uh, what? It's about five from the bottom. Five from the bottom. And uh, Logan's going to find it for me. Where can I get a 1974 XL350? <laughs> Logan, when were you born? Uh, 2005. Can you Google that, do you think? You know, I ran a quick check here. eBay. I'd say eBay. (laughs) No, 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 no. The the dual carbs didn't come until the early 80s. Yeah, yeah, those are the 80s. That was the RFVC. Those were, I had one of those. I punched a hole in that top of that piston on my XR200 holding it wide open in a sand wash. Um, Let's see. Uh, Dave Scott said, I called last week. It's someone else's turn. I'm waiting for, for some TPI exhaust stuff. Well, Dave Scott, just for you, I'm going to tell you about what I learned by testing three different pipes and four di- – how many mufflers did I, I go through? Four. Four mufflers? Yeah. Four or four FMF ones and a stock one, so five mufflers. 
Al Reyes, how many do we do? Four mufflers. Four mufflers, including stock? Plus stock. Plus stock, five. So how many combinations was that? It was a lot. Um, well, I'm going to start out by telling you, here's, here's, here's the 15. thing. So, so we had, uh, it's, a, it's George's 2019 uh, KTM 300 TPI bike, which he was kind enough to mount a brand new tire on for me after I smoked the other one off. I, I blew the other one off the rim. And he put a brand new one on there, and he hasn't even ridden it. And I went out and did pipe testing. And if, if you know what that's like, it's hard on tires. So thanks, George. Um, I got another tire for you <laughs> if you need it. Uh, but probably to start – so we had we had the different pipes. We had the FMF uh, – I think it's a factory fatty. It might have, it might be an early, an early version of the factory fatty. And we had the gnarly and then the stock pipe. And then I had uh, the KTM Power Parts uh, Turbine Core, uh, Power Core 2 with the Turbine Core in it. I had the Turbine Core um, Spark Arrester, which is just like their standard Spark Arrester. It's the one you can get from FMF. The, the other one you have to get through KTM Hard Parts. I had um, a kind of a more of a prototype, a longer muffler. Um, you're gonna make me cough. <laughs> um, you, um, I had a longer. Um, there was a that was very similar to stock. Um, it was a it was a muffler that Graham Jarvis uses of of all people. Um, he rides one of those. Um, what what kind of bikes are those that they they're like KTM's but they're white. Uh, yeah, they make chainsaws. That company. Um, so and then and then we had a. Um, another one that was the power core two that was a little bit shorter than the stock muffler and here's what i learned um pipes especially on tpi bikes don't make a huge change um well on this tpi bike largely because the stock pipe is really 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 good um it's really it has really good drivability really good rideability and um the mufflers make even less of a change than I remember on carbureted bikes. So with the exception of one major exception is that when you put a spark arrestor on the back of the fuel injected bike, it runs on more. So when you come off the throttle, it does a little more ding, 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 you know, kind of run on is what I call that. Uh, um, is that back pressure related or? Yes. Yeah. It's back pressure and just the, the sound, you know, the wave, the, the wave going through the, the expansion chamber and what the what the sensors inside the you know the crankcase are determining the fuel mixtures to be it's obviously getting all the way back there it's it's maybe not flowing enough or 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 who who knows we're i'm i'm uh, talking with fmf kind of about what you know i felt in the trail because they they saw some stuff on the dyno and it's it's kind of it's kind of new and um we're trying to basically trying to kind of figure that out but I also had the JD jetting tuner on it, which is kind of the first step. I'm going to get a, a get from <coughs> a get from Taco Mike uh, here uh, pretty soon, which will do some additional changes. And the get also has the um, the barometric pressure sensor in there, kind of like the uh, kind of like the new bikes do, because KTM is. On their system, on the 19, is only getting that barometric pressure from inside of the crankcase when the bike on startup. You know, so it doesn't it doesn't have an, an additional one like the 20 does. But so I played around with it, and um, 
so both the FMF pipes do make a change. The 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 gnarly makes the bike snappy. Like like right when you you know crack the throttle, right when you get on that throttle, that first the low end, it gives the bike some snap and some pickup, and you do notice it kind of regardless of what which muffler you have on the back. Um, and then the the other one, the one I'll call the factory fatty, um, that really picked up the mid range and like noticeable i mean it, it was it was really noticeable but it did not like to have a spark arrestor on the back of it that pipe it it fell flat right before um it got up on top so um and then and then both of them kind of had had different over rev characters uh and the one thing i've always liked about fmf pipes is they they, they seem like they always give the give the thing a little bit over rev and on that factory fatty one with the the power core two type mufflers with the straight mufflers, not, not the thing. I hit the rev limiter, like the 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 spark cut rev limiter on a two stroke. <laughs> That's how far it pulls out, and and which is kind of a strange thing. And um, and I think they had to put that in there because now with fuel injection, it doesn't just you know you know <laughs> just run into a, into a wall up there. So yeah, it was uh it's it's interesting. But if I were to put it in percentages. Like what kind of changes um, that you feel? If if you can get the biggest change you can get out of that bike is by adjusting the power valve. And I know KTM tells you not to, but it does work. Um, and I would for sure have a fuel tuner with the bike if you're going to adjust the power valve because it can get like kind of if you if you kind of keep it down a little bit too long. In other words, keep the power valve closed a little bit too long and you rev it up kind of high. Um, it can get hot and build up some compression. You might want to do something with the with the fueling on that. So, um, the power valve can make a let's just say fifteen or twenty percent change in the way that the bike feels. Not power, just in the feel. Um, the power was, like I said, with a couple of the pipes, with the two FMF pipes, is a little bit better. Um, the the pipe at that at that point, the next biggest thing would be the fuel tuner, and that would make, let's say a 10 or 7% change in the way that the bike feels. Um, then the pipe makes a 5% change and the muffler will make a 2% change. If you're talking about the grand, the grand scheme of things when you're like, you know, really trying to alter that bike. So, um, I don't know how, how, you know, crazy you want to get or different things. And it'll be interesting to see what that, that get ECU will allow us to do. Cause there's going to be some ignition changes. So, uh, Dave, hopefully that answered your question. Um, I tell you what, the bike looks really good with that factory fatty on it and the, uh, <laughs> and the, uh, the blue special muffler for the other colored bike. Um, John, so big John's asking a question here about the CRF 450X. Uh, big John, any big changes coming to the CRF 450X? Uh, a couple of replies to them down below. But. <laughs> what did they say? What did, the, what did the panel experts say? Nothing. Not, they didn't say anything. Um, there, there'll be no changes, I don't think. I mean, I think maybe uh, in 21 or 22 you're going to see some changes. Actually, hey, Gabe, did you watch that video I made? No, the one that you were supposed to make? The things I didn't like about the 2019 Honda Sierra 450X? Uh, maybe I'll put that up there. Um, that should prompt some changes. I'd like to see the... Uh, I'd say that it's like to see the instrument, the little 
instrument thing stay on for a little bit longer than zero seconds after uh, you shut the bike off. Uh, that was my complaint number one. That was my biggest complaint with that bike. Um, the clutch, I wish that they would, uh, you know, have a little bit better feel at the clutch. And then the chain guide is uh, is little suspect, little little weak. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll have that we'll have that um, video up pretty quick. Um, you know, my I got a question. Right, my five hundred seventeen five hundred the speedometer odometer every now and then just loses all its data except for the uh, stuff that can't change. So the the total mileage it just goes blank. On your KTM 500, it seems to be more frequent. Yeah, is the so battery lo- is the is the is the battery that's underneath it? Well, I haven't dead. I haven't no because I can turn it on, you know, at a standstill, and it'll stay on for quite a while. It doesn't just shut off right away or get weird. It's just periodically, the thing loses your like your trip meters, stuff, and the clock and all that kind of junk, and you got to reset it. I didn't know if you've ever experienced that. I never look at mine on the KTM's because the meter is kind of piece of junk you should you should um trail tech it well i i use i use a trail tech most to gps most of the time to kind of keep track of the stuff i need to keep track of but you need to take some pictures of it and go find some other pictures of people having the same problem and then go on the internet and and just say it's a recall issue yeah ask ask the question because um i actually on most of my bikes i the the problem is i'm always switching wheels between bikes and some of them have sensors the magnet sensors on there and some don't and then I've also seen, like I've seen when the batteries, even just from vibration and stuff, get a little corroded, uh, that causing the issue. Um, th- some wires getting chafed. I've seen that happen on KTM odometers. So uh, hopefully that uh, does that answer your question, George? Not at all. Not at all. What what was the so what was the have I seen it before? Was that what was no, the question? No, you you answered it. I just got to look into it. <laughs> I don't have time for that. <laughs> Should hire a mechanic. Uh, fire! I should fire my mechanic. Is what I should fire. do. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Um, Dave says we have to have a spark arrestor for the MPEG. So that's why I'm real curious. Um, get the if you have to get a spark arrestor, uh, buy the KTM Power Parts one. Buy the Power Core two with the spark arrestor. It has a bigger opening up. Actually, on our Instagram account, I had I think I put a picture of the two different sizes of the openings, and the bigger opening definitely has less run on, and um, that was. On the stock pipe, um, no, no, no. I have to look at my notes again, but I'll write it up when I when I do the video or write it all up. Um, let's see. Uh, Mark has an engineering degree. Did you know that? I you should you should find a picture of La Bamba. Bob should put a picture. Well, Bob probably already did put a picture of La Bamba up, and uh, and then you can see because he said he helped on that. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, Yes, Mark, CR450X chain guides have always been weak. Um, and anytime I raced uh, a Honda, it had a had it was we welded on the swing arm to reinforce the chain guide because even if you buy an accessory chain guide, which does help, if you hit it hard enough, it will knock, it'll break it out of the swing arm. And even on our bike, we hit it pretty hard. I was really surprised that the uh, the swing arm tabs um, stayed attached. So George, uh, somebody's uh, Sonny's Stunny. Stunny. He's a poser, I know. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> a poser. His six ninety was doing the same thing. It caused by the plastic 
layers are vibrating and create a white plastic that takes it apart and epoxy all layers, all the layers, and it is perfect now. I think he's. I think he's kind of trolling there. You think so? Yeah, we were having a discussion about epoxies because I shook the tail light assembly off my 500 recently, and he has this Frankenstein bike all epoxy together in the windscreen. So he was out in Pahrump this weekend. We were I'm, talking about. I'm not a big fan of epoxy. <laughs> um, so George, what did you do today? Well, see, he's sleeping over there. We walked seven and a half miles around SEMA. Seven and a half miles at SEMA. Yeah, I noticed I put you to sleep. I wasn't going to say anything because, I mean, that's not really looking that good for the podcast. You know, it's like, it's like, well, unless you're trying to, like, listen to this before you go to bedtime in my soft, soothing voice with a ton of information. Because, you know, a lot of times they say even though you're sleeping, you're going to absorb this information. Somehow, magically, it'll, it'll you know, you're, you're asleep. You think you're asleep, but you're really, you know, learning about dirt bikes and dirt bike-related products uh, while you sleep. He's dozing off again. That's perfect. Um, so what did you see? Uh, well, thanks to you and uh, I think it's Lorian. Lorian and Steve Cristini. Lorian and Steve Cristini, and Lorian makes spark plugs. You can find him at intelligentsparkplugs.com. Cool. And uh, Steve and I'm, Cristini. I'm, so I'm, I'm testing some of those, by the way. Long and the short of it was I had to deliver a bike over there yesterday. and uh, But, no, we walked around, a lot of cool stuff. You know, I mean, I'm, I'll never get an opportunity to go to something like that. It was neat to see. A lot of my car guys are jealous. Um <laughs> You know, saw a lot of things that caught our interest, but the the one thing we came up upon that we'll be anxious to see uh, it come out. It's not in production yet, but Rigid has a new headlight assembly, like the Baja designs. It fits in the plastic and everything, mm-hmm. and uh, they're testing it out. They think a few months, and they should have it going. But it's an adaptive, um, reactive light, so it has some sort of GPS sensor in it. And as you pick up speed, the beam focuses into a narrow further beam. And as you slow down, it gets a little broader and wider. So I guess you're not distracted at speed by all the stuff right next to you. You're looking further down the road, I guess would be the advantage to that changing. It also has a mode where you can just leave it on and get, you know, all it has to do. Yeah. To go. It sounded like their price Does point it, was, you know, maybe going to be in the $400 range or something like that. That's what it sounds like it should be for something that's that's a lot of that's a lot of technology, but it's amazing that somebody would kind of think of think of all that. I I might I might kind of bounce back or go to is like why wouldn't you just have all the best light all the time? Um I I kind of noticed when when you know, we that's why we used to run the, the when we were racing in Baja, we'd run the two different headlights. One was a flood and one was a spot. And and there was it was really I was particular about the colors of the light and but I it, I'd have to try that. That sounds like it could be really cool, but Yeah, it sounded really cool just hearing about it initially and <laughs> and I went back and I said, So what you know, why why do you really want it to necessarily change and not just have and he says no you can leave it all on but yeah. i think the idea maybe is you're not distracted by the rabbits that you're already going to be past you know by the time yeah by the time the cow the cow you know, and you're just looking for hey trevor did you hear did you, trevor did you hear that the, the, it won't shine on the cow that you just barely missed <laughs> did you see trevor's pile up he's got it on dirt bike test uh, first turn of the uh, Big Six Grand Prix in the in the Pro Two class. Well, that's the Pro Two class. Yeah, he. Normally happens in the beginner class. Yeah, no, he 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 managed to be right behind that and got stopped before he was involved in it. Um, so, 
uh, I'm not really a big fan of those kind of <laughs> those kind of videos, but hey, um, but uh, there's there, I know there's um, I think actually uh, Mark just said this. Um, cars have you know self-adjusting beams like turning lights and stuff, and I think some of the adventure bikes are now having lights that that you know predict where you're going to turn, and they start aiming lights in that direction. So. Uh, I I think that technology technology only get better. That'll be that'll be kind of cool. I'd like to try it. I mean, I'd I'd like to really like to see what that does. You know, the way that they feel like it it should it should operate, and maybe that would be. I I think about it because I mean I'm sure as heck not looking off to the side when I'm going fast, and whether I have good light there or bad, it doesn't matter. I wonder if that affects your uh, like pupils. If you don't have a lot of reflectivity up close to you, if your pupils dilate a little more, you can see better overall yeah yeah if everything's close and really reflecting back maybe your pupils screw down a little that makes that makes sense um to to straight off to the sides yeah it's it's not like the baja designs is pretty flat Mm -hmm. it it's it sticks out about that much with mirrors that point out to the sides so i think it's going to be a good light all the way on i don't know adaptive stuff yeah rigid makes good lights and they're they're i mean it's obvious i mean it's it's kind of cool that they're trying some different stuff i mean that's that's what you see at cma so innovation and stuff like that so what's uh what else what else stuck out oh i don't know you know jim found interest in this uh thing called the bolt buster but it's a heat inductive like a 110 volt and it's funny because i just saw this pop up on my uh like facebook you know it's one of those ads so i was yep. telling the guy he got all, all excited oh yeah i you know do that but uh it's this heat inductive thing it kind of looks like a a big soldering gun, and it has these different shaped probes. And the guy picks up this rusty bolt out of this water, and he put put it around it and turned the thing on. And within just a few seconds, you see the nut start to turn red, but the bolt's not. Huh? And and it just you know you you know it's expanding. I mean, yeah. it, I mean it turned red hot. And Jim was talking about um, in New York in order to start a torch or something you know like an acetylene torch you have to have a special license for that so in that application <laughs> something he sent it, he was getting the information and sent it off to his buddies back there uh the other thing i didn't know is if you're around flammables i wonder if that red hot heat would be much safer than any kind of open flame you know heating something up but it was kind of trick that was a but you know there's all those trade show things they're kind of like uh snake oil sales you never uh, know just but, no some of them, but yeah. no that, yeah that looked legit and yep what bondo had uh had some new stuff coming out just in how they're packaging their bondo they're making it in a, a one-use thing which i don't think would do you any good with a golf ball truck but <laughs> you know they sell the the what are the two parts called because I like because because oh, the catalyst and the pro you know the hardener. So when I put a dent in your in your uh, KTM three hundred pipe, I need some of that. So I'll just I'll just put some bondo. Yeah, over there's the top a of dent it. in it already. That was one that of wasn't your test me. riders. No, but one one of my test riders. Yeah. who Erica? Oh, I didn't do that. Yeah. But anyway, no, she just fell <laughs> over. But uh, yeah, uh, bondo has a couple of things that bolt buster. Co- we knew we'd probably seen everything when we walked by the valve stems and tire patches display. <laughs> uh, and interestingly enough, there seemed to be a lot of uh, maybe knockoff headlights from other countries to the east. Uh-huh. You know, everybody's doing lighting and everything in there. Right. And, uh, of course, everybody's modified these, you know, Jeep, uh, what are we, what are they called? The new Jeep pickup. 
Oh yeah, yeah. The the I've, God, I told what you they call today, that thing? ten times what it was called. Comanche. <laughs> gladiator. gladiator. Yeah, gladiator. Go. Remember when you had a a Jeep, Gabe, and you were cool <laughs> and a motorcycle. <laughs> Remember way way back then. <laughs> um, yeah. Did you get to the section where they had all the reams, all the rims for your truck? Because you have a Ford Raptor now. I mean, wasn't there a hundred Ford Raptors? Those things are like last year. I think I think the Gladiator's getting the attention. They did reveal Jay Leno was talking at breakfast about something. They revealed the new. You went to Bronco. breakfast with Jay Leno. Well, you know, yeah, I, he's a, yeah he's a dirt bike guy, by the way. No, actually, he's a motorcycle guy. He went to Super Camp. Yeah, but uh, what what else, what else was? Oh, the new Ford uh, Bronco was being revealed, and we missed that. Uh, but from what I understand, it's just the mini version. You know, like the Ranger pickup. Oh, yeah. A full, I thought they were going to do a full-size or a Super Duty or something like that, but no. Yeah. Um, let's see. Back to the form here, uh, since everybody's scared to call in. Uh, Brad Lou B. Vet Rider, a 500 could work for both a dirt bike and a T1 bike. So when he says T1, I think he's talking about the Tour of Idaho. Wait. Um, time for an upgrade. Riding a 2016 450 XC plated trail, but mostly desert race bike. Thinking about a 2019 450 XC as a replacement, but the 2020 KTM 500 looks great and has six speed and is powerful. Um, yeah, if you're gonna do if if you're uh, the the more you're gonna do like trail and stuff, um, I've always preferred the 500 over the 450. Uh, um, on the in the KTM's just because it just has that little bit extra torque. So um, for trail riding and stuff, yeah. But then again, if you're going to go to the track, then the XC has the linkage, and most um, people feel like that is a little bit uh, better on the track. It actually, it handles more different situations. So Logan, what's your uh, what's your rant for tonight? Where are you going to Where are you going to complain about? Uh, not complain, but oh, you're not going to complain? No. Uh, why not? It's Thursday work, Jimmy. I got a rant. <laughs> oh, you do? Okay. Then you can complain well, for Logan. I was directed at you. Oh, when? Right now. Okay, go. It's Thursday work. It's Thursday. Oh, you're low tide. You're having a low tide situation. Hold on a second. Yeah, just just for that. Oh, yeah, bring one of those, too. Well, Logan goes on his rant. Yeah, Logan, you start talking and, and uh, whatever you want to talk about. We're busy for a few seconds here. As you can see, if you if you were watching this, you can see what we're doing. Keep talking, Logan. Just don't let. We're not going to spill on you. Uh, so I was going to talk about the uh, the new uh, electric like fifties and then the stay six. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now yeah. now that that means you can start talking about it because we're still busy. So uh, I was listening to the Racer X podcast. Uh huh. And one of them was talking. About the Stasic and then right. the Alta on it. So, do they have any good information? I guess. Yeah. And so, what did you want to say about it? Well, um, you want to ride one? What? Uh, An electric bike. Kind of. <laughs> electric fifty. Uh, maybe not a fifty, but. Something a little bigger. Right. What What's the right electric bike for you? Maybe the 85, if they made one. No, they don't make one yet. Yeah. That's in your future, though. I mean, I think I think you kids are going to be on electric bikes pretty 
pretty quick. I rode the Alta, and uh, you can read about it on dirtbiketest.com. Just search Alta. Uh, that company is no longer around um, because it was a pie-in-the-sky idea, and they somehow um, money money kind of magically ran out like it does in that stuff. Um, but, Didn't Harley buy them up? Uh, I think they did. <laughs> they Well, they kind of did, but then they didn't fund it, or I don't know exactly how it worked. I didn't get into the politics of that. But that was a pretty good uh, engine power plant, had decent suspension on it. Chassis was a little bit suspect. Um, but uh, it went every bit as good as a 250F. Um, it was it was fast and quick. You know, the battery life wasn't incredible. It would it did better than I thought it would. Um, there's but you know what you know what you would like, Logan, is an OSET. Yes. And OSET makes trials bikes that are I've always said so far and, and I have not ridden the KTM fifty yet, which I will at some point, hopefully before Christmas. Um the OSET is the best electric bike out there now, period. And and like uh, what's the one that's still around is the uh, zero. <laughs> the zero people always get pissed off when I say that because their bikes are actually pretty good too. But I haven't ridden one recently to readjust uh, my scale. So you want to ride electric bikes? Yeah. You know, an electric trials bike might be kind of the ticket because that's pretty hard work, and so by the time you need a charge, you're probably worn out anyway. I've I've never seen a kid's attention span. Uh, last longer than an OSET battery. Let's put it that way. And and that's I think one of the main things about that segment and that bike and 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 stuff. I mean, you can generally you know by the time that they're kind of bored of it, you can go plug it back into the car or whatever you plug it into and um, charge it back up before they're they're ready to go again. But you know when you're taking these you know bikes out like a like an like the um, the out out to the motocross track and you can do a 20 minute moto, the thing's done, and then it takes an hour and 45 minutes with a 200 and you know a 220 volt you know charger generator which isn't a small generator to charge the thing back up and there was no easy way to replace the battery that was that was a little bit difficult so um yeah let me uh somebody's asking about what do you think about putting mooses in a big adventure that's, that's bike. chris real um i think it's like running rotella in your um no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Rotel is almost like a, it's almost like a bad word <laughs> or a code word. Uh, I, I have not done it yet. Um, I've done it in the front on a KTM 950, but it was a long time ago. And uh, it lasted about half of what I um, got out of a smaller bike, of course, because of the weight. And they don't make them big enough right now. Um, I don't know anybody that makes them big enough to run the sires that the tire sizes running in current adventure bikes. I mean, if you went down a rim size and went to smaller tires, you could probably get away with it. Uh, but I don't think that that technology is really ready for um, the weight and the pounding. But boy, that'd be a really good way to test them. <laughs> so um, let's see here. Um, yep, Mark answers that question pretty good. When my kid wears out. Then he hops on his KTM and KX5. What, Bob? Huh? My kid wears out bike. his his. I think he still has an O set, and then he gets on his KX100 and tries the same stunts, and then he has to kickstart it. <laughs> right? Um, okay. So we have almost. Oh wait, I got a I got a question here. It says, uh, "Let's see." Um, Jamie asks. 
He says he watched our KTM video and he says, now go test the Beta, Gas Gas, and Sherco 300s. Technology has really advanced. My 1980 Yamaha IT425 would four-stroke from 1,500 feet up too rich. I had to drop the needle one notch to get it going properly. Great video. Um, I don't know why you threw a Yamaha IT425 into that question. But uh, just because of you, Jamie, I did reach out to Beta, Gas Gas, and Sherco to ask about their 300s. Um, Sherco is too busy. Uh, They can't answer their phones because they uh, are trying to pay Cody Webb's new salary. Uh, Gas Gas is currently being purchased by KTM. So I won't remember the name of that brand either in about uh, six or eight months. But they were interested to get me a bike. They were just hoping they could get me a new one. Uh, they will have 2020 bikes, by the way. Uh, and Beta said they will get back to me. Um, I think they gave my test bike to another bald guy. They might have got us confused. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, hopefully um, we can do that kind of stuff. Uh, it's It all comes down to time and, uh, and effort, and we'll see what happens. Um, and then Tom Fisher, who... Uh, I think I answered his question last time. He said, thanks for the response. I think the KTM 150 is the answer with electric start and lighter weight. He was the one from uh, Zimbabwe, I think, uh, our number one viewer in Zimbabwe. He was asking which which of the KTMs or – he asked a lot. I think he was asking about some of the Yamahas and different things. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think the K- – and somebody else asked this week. They said, how come you don't do a full test on the KTM 150 – TPI. It's because I don't have one long enough to do a full test on it. I did a, I rode a race on it, and that's the, uh, that's the extent of what I can deliver. I think it's a good bike. Um, I'd like to do some more stuff with. I heard there's a whole bunch of hidden horsepower, uh, hidden inside of that thing, which would be pretty cool. What does my shirt say? Uh, my shirt says, uh, it's my, it says ride. Uh, ride. It's um, my uh, Jimmy Lewis Off-Road Riding School logo. Hey. And the quote on the back? It says, the best modification for your bike is a better rider. Isn't that true? Oh, that's what I'm trying to sell here. I never figured that out. I just learned it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, let's see. Heather had a clarification question. Up she she wanted to know what overrev was. So I talked about run on. That's that's on your two stroke when you when you let the throttle off and it goes kind of goes ding ding and, and and a lot of times when it goes that ding it it, it kind of pushes the bike surges. It it does a little bit of surge. Sometimes it's just making noise. Sometimes it actually does the ding and it it does kind of push the bike. So it's kind of a for me it's an unsettling feeling. Um, the bigger the bore the more bikes tend to do that or the more you feel it just because anytime it fires, you know, you're going to get a little more power out of it. That's run on and over rev is kind of when you've reached peak horsepower and then you keep revving and the, the power goes down. So from the, from peak horsepower past peak horsepower, uh, going into what we that's what we call over rev so you ideally if you wanted to keep it at peak horsepower you would shift right then and then and then pull back into peak horsepower but now you're over revving and you're you're actually losing power by going higher up in rpm you feel that on your 103 right a little a little or you just keep it screamed 
Not much anymore. Oh, why? Because it's not working? Because you blew it up? Only a couple times. Because you were way too deep in the overrev. Or somebody doesn't know how to jet it. Maybe both. Uh-oh. Fire the mechanic. <laughs> I waited. Did you notice I waited until your dad walked out before I said that? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but your sister's going to remember that, and she's going to tell him. <laughs> so, uh, okay. Uh Let's see. Um, I think we got to most of the questions in the forum. Gabe, do we have any callers? No, nobody called. Zero. Down to thirty-one people now, too. That's well. I think we're up to like forty. But That's it was on Logan. It wasn't like the eighty we had I last time. I was counting time. on getting triple digits today. You're supposed to. You're supposed to share uh, with all your followers on the MySpace. Um, you share the show and then they come over and watch it but I, sh- I made a mistake I shared it on Instagram today and uh, and that's why nobody's watching I you forgot. know I was listening to that is it Adventure Rider Radio where your podcast you've got a new one up right yes and I don't think it's up yet but I was listening to it a little when I was getting ready to go to SEMA this morning so I listened to some rider coach guy talk and uh, you know he wasn't way out there or anything like that but boy he was boring to listen to just his voice <laughs> must have sounded like mine. Just monotone, wah, wah, you know, slow. I thought, oh my! Did Jim God. ride? Did Jim ride with you to to the SEMA show? Did you guys go together? Yeah, no, we had. Yeah, he must have been wide awake because now he's still over there sleeping half the time. That that show keep you wide awake, the guy. Oh no, you didn't. No, I didn't have it on the car. Oh, not in the car. No, I didn't have it in the car. I was just listening to it when I was getting ready. Right to go. No, I, I did. I did a segment today that we were gonna we were gonna talk about um, desert riding, and it turned into a little bit of a discussion about tires. So it was kind of kind of interesting. That's a that's a that's a that it is it is a huge show. Um, adventure Rider Radio is is big with the like of course the adventure crowd, and they have a lot of a lot of different guys that are talking about riding techniques and talking about travels they've done and. Uh, it's a real uh, interesting. So go check that one out for sure. Um, I think we've answered our our questions here. Um, you know, another hey, somebody said they just figured out the three bald guys jokes that I keep making. One of these days, someone's gonna actually. I I actually reached out to the other company that makes those those um, those white KTM's to try to get a test bike from them too. I thought that'd be the avenue to get the the one fifty TPI bike. I thought maybe. That'd be the that'd be the answer because KTM doesn't have any more. Um, they're gone, sold, finished. Um, so uh, yeah, no 150 TPIs until next year if we need to. So David Brown is sorry that he's late. And I let's see, got all the questions in here. Um, I don't think you insulted anybody, did you? No, we're trying to keep it clean these days, except for the other two bald guys that probably insulted those dudes. I've been tra- actually, I, 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 I've been texting. Um, remember Gabe that from uh, Torture Test Magazine? I, I'm, he, I think I must have pissed him off because he doesn't respond to texts or anything. I showed him a picture of a box of CRF two fifty X parts. I mean, a big box like. And the funny thing about this stuff, and he wouldn't know because he just wouldn't know, and Bob will probably know, some of those parts are off of factory Hondas. Yeah, there's some good parts in that box. Yeah, I got some good I got some good stuff. I used to have a really good connection. Um, so, uh, the Army sent him to Africa already. Not, really? Was he getting ready to go? That's what they were, they were going to send him. Yeah. Gone yet. Oh, yeah, maybe he's just not responding. So... Um, 
Uh, like deployed. Yeah, he's he was he was uh, yeah, that could be the truth. Maybe he's not really scared of me. Was I army? Would... I thought the Marines were the ones that broke stuff all the time. <laughs> he's an he's a army IT officer. Yeah, uh, ROTC, uh, correct? ROTC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what do we have a caller, Gabe? Yeah. Okay, this is it. We're going to end the show with a call. I don't see it. Host show. Wait a minute. I'm going to go here to host show. I should have done that earlier. Um, Let's see. Did you, uh, Jeremy? Okay. Uh, wait. <laughs> is this the man with the black bottle? I don't know. We're going to find out. Hold on. I got to do that. And then that's plugged in. And then I turn this up right here. Hey, Jeremy, can you hear me? Howdy. How are we doing? Uh, we're doing good. Is this the Jeremy with the black bottle? No. Doesn't sound like it. Um, no. No, no. Just, um, just calling about, uh, you know, going to be getting either an XC or an XCW here real soon, and still on the fence. I've been on the fence for a while, you know. And um, there's, there's, d- trust me, there's, track. there's a lot of guys that are sitting on the same fence as you. <laughs> I tell you, the reason I'm joking about, we have another friend, Jeremy, and I don't, you know, if if you're watching the show, we're pulling out this this white bottle of Class A Azul tequila because it is Taco Tuesday. Um, there is a black bottle of Class A Azul, and if somebody really, really likes me, or they're not very smart. They might have bought one to come and hang out with us, so um, I'm not so sure. So cool, so cool. So, so which one is? So we we thought maybe that was it because I thought he'd be trying to play the joke backwards on me. But anyways, uh, so you know, you're talking you're talking about KTM's, correct? Yeah, that's correct. And um, you know, I've been watching for oh, you know, maybe eight or so episodes now. And I mean, you kind of dive into it on on most of these Tuesday things. Um, and for me, I mean, I ride some track, but, you know, overall kind of slow, you know, sea rider, uh, 40s, a little heavier. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I got two buddies that have one has a 19, one has a 20. Um, they love them on the W side. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking the suspension would be a little more practical for me on the XC. Um, the, you know, the, so the, the motors, the motors on the 20s, if you're talking 20, the motors are the same. They're identical. Yep. Um, and yep. the one thing that I'll tell you that I'm stoked about is the fact that with playing with the, just the power valve, you can make that XC run like an SX. You can get that level, and you can also get it to run like what you would think an XCW should run like. So just with power valve, you can make that bike motor work however you want it. So now we're like kind of down to, to suspension. And the difference, if... If I have to really pick it apart between linkage and non-linkage, and then you're, you're also air fork or non-air fork, is is the 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 XC tends to ride up just a little bit taller in the stroke all the time, and the handling I would call it more precise. Like like if you if you start you know literally if you start thinking about turning, the XC starts turning. Where the XCW you start thinking about it and you kind of have to turn it. Does that, does that sort of make sense? No, no, no. I'm, you know, I've, I'm totally with you. You know, you know, and I heard you when you said that, you know, talking after coming up to uh Stradaline here or the ORV in Grace Harbor. Yep. Um, so no, it's just been, I mean, it's what, what a choice to have to make. That's all I can say, you know? <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and, and cheers to you guys, you know, cheers to you guys doing your thing. Um, it's a great service and, 
Jorge and your other co-host, I'll have to buy him a cup of coffee before the next broadcast. No, no, but Logan. Logan can't. He <laughs> can't have a cup. He's on a strict racing diet. He drinks uh, water. What is what is what's what's Logan's uh, smoothies? Smoothies, <laughs> vegetable smoothies. <laughs> yeah. So we're working on we're 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 prodding him. We're going to get him to talk. He'll be a good test rider once he learns how to talk. He's he's working on a couple well, words in a minute. You know, you guys just keep doing what you're doing. It's much uh, much appreciated, and um, yeah, thanks. thanks for the insight, you know. And um, as far as, you know, I'm going to be probably, at least down the road, you know, wanting to dual sport it. But that doesn't involve much more if you get the XC than the, get them the W, you know. Yeah, the, the, the transmission's a little bit different. Um, on those two bikes, uh, that 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 could be a little bit of an issue. But in reality, it's like if you're dual sporting that bike, you're not going to dual sport it to ride down the road. You're just dual sporting it to get down exactly. the road without getting Trails a ticket. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So yeah, yeah, you know, and I'm and I'm uh, you know I don't think I'm as into some of the goat trails as you know my two buddies that have them. You know. Yep. And I think that you know the the uh, the XC can get it done too. So, anyways, thank you so much and uh, appreciate what you're doing. Right on. Thanks for calling, Jeremy. Yeah, see okay, you. we'll talk to you. Bye. Okay. Um, that is our – at least at least we use the phone line, right, Gabe? Makes you feel effective over there. See, that's the other thing you got to learn, Logan. you got to learn what to do over there because Gabe, he's going he's, he's gonna to get a better stereo in his car, and he's going to want to start driving to, like, Las Vegas to boom his stereo in his car. And he might not be here on Tuesday nights because I, I heard that st- stereo bumping night in Las Vegas. <laughs> um, you on the other I'm worried about you joining the wheelie boys in town and then wanting to go ride wheelies instead of coming into the show so we'll we'll kind of keep you guys all straight now but hey on that note I want to thank everybody for joining in uh, it's been a good awesome show uh, if you have questions um, when this is on the YouTubes you can put them down in the comments and we usually go back the week after farm the questions bring them back out you can buy a t-shirt on dirtbiketest.com there's a thing that says shop or store click on that uh get a t-shirt you can have the t-shirt that george is wearing uh right off his back you cannot have the one that gabe is or that uh logan is wearing uh gabe doesn't wear t-shirts uh he's naked over there in the corner so on that note uh we're gonna call this show so hopefully we will see you out on the trail cheers guys (laughs) 